like where do you, where do you find yourself in uh like five years with with your uh, creative process like do you think that's something that's a part of your life and it'll just never go away like regardless of responsibilities or circumstances yeah definitely man. like even when i was like like in high school i went through like a tough time and i used journaling as my way of like you know keeping myself productive keeping myself like managing myself basically no that was writing you know that was like kind of creative you know <laughs> um that was like me writing to myself and expressing like to myself expressing however i was feeling like you can argue that was a form of creativity and even with like going out taking photos just like with no like I guess purpose like you just exactly. go out take photos like you know what I mean that's like a form of self-care but it's like it is it's it's also you get put a into like a flow yourself. state you know what like I, I feel flow sometimes when I'm writing it's like whoa okay that's great you know you um and there are a lot of case studies of like how to get into flow or how to achieve it welcome to the way we capture podcast I'm your host Zachariah Rock today we have Henry Lai on he is a copywriter, photographer, avid reader, and a good friend of mine. So um, we'll get right into it with a couple questions, and then we'll have Henry tell us a story. So, so Henry, uh, how you doing right now? Right now, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just Hell chilling. yeah, just chilling. Long day. I'm I'm sure it's later in the evening. What time is it there for you? It's seven thirty-six. So today is like. You know, not too busy. Saw an old friend who, you know, went to the same school as me. Haven't seen him in like three years, so it was good to see him. It's awesome. Yeah. I know that feeling. It's it's always great to see somebody you haven't seen in a while. Um, so do do tell us a little bit about uh what you've been up to recently with um your writing and you know and your photography even. Yeah, so like Mainly what I do right now is writing. I freelance and I create content for myself on Twitter. Yeah, those are the two main things I do. Photography, I, you know, I want to get back into it, man. Like, it's been a while since I shot, basically. Uh, this summer, I plan on shooting more or even, like, getting into video. Video? I was not aware of that. Oh, um... I think uh, in the past it has been um for me for me at least it, the video was always something that I struggled with cuz in, in photography you can like manipulate things right you know if if you don't get the proper shot you can ma- manipulate it but video is like a sign of perfection I feel like people who are good at video are you know they they live very meticulous lives <laughs> um, um well talking about video like I'm seeing your um your your uh, screen right now that's like your voice is not matched with your uh, your mouth. <laughs> is it not? Oh no, that's not good. Ooh, let's see. It's like slightly delayed. Slightly delayed. There I might. Just hope, I just hope it's okay. You know. Let's say hello, hello. It's a little bit of it. It might just be on your side, but hopefully it's not too too mm-hmm. bad. You know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I'm like no, defeated. If it's, if it's good. Then it's. it's is fine. it okay? Cool. As long as, yeah. How about you talk now? Let's see. <laughs> Let's see if you can 
if we I can pick up on that. I think it's good oh. on your side, but swap yeah, yeah swapping uh, platforms is it's never fun on my end. You know, I I'm, I'm just gonna go code some sort of application for video calls that <laughs> doesn't require all these hoops to jump through. But so we got um anyway we got you uh in copywriting right. We're gonna start you um off asking that question. So you copyright on Twitter. Um, it's like one of your main offers. You you do writing for a lot of people behind the scenes. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you got into that? Yeah, so just like a lot of people on Twitter, I, you know, I started off on Twitter as a photography account, as you know, back in 2021. And in 2022, I found out this whole like new world of like, money twitter well like danko all these people and i just went like almost a whole like half a year almost a whole year of just consuming content figuring out what is it i want to do like do i want to start an agency like a business like uh, do i just want to be a content creator like yeah what is it i want to do do i still want to be creating photos and at this point i realize I love writing and if I can do it for myself and for other people then I should just do that because I think there's power in like focusing on one thing and at this stage in my life I think it's really good for me to have that focus which is writing that's awesome I I relate very much you know the writing is it's changed my life um and it sounds really cliche to say something like that, but it's true. There's a lot of power in, you know, organizing your thoughts, um, writing for someone else though. That is a, that's a big step. You know, I feel like you have to be pretty confident in order to do something like that. Um, so you've been writing pretty habitually for a few years now, I'm assuming like since, you know, high school. Um, you know, funny thing is like, I remember as a kid, like teachers would always tell me like, yo, your writing is pretty good. And I think it's because I love that, um, this format of just expressing yourself. I hated the whole academic writing part. So whenever I got to write, it's like, I'm, I'm just gonna write whatever the fuck I want, right? I'm just gonna write, express myself. So I think that's what I love about writing, expressing. But uh, what was your question? It was is uh when did you get your start? Like where did you get your roots <laughs> with it all? Like what what yeah, was like so, the main yeah. thought of like damn I'm gonna write this this is my thing I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna write you know it's a little over the top but <laughs> yeah I think <laughs> yeah I think I don't know I mean I don't remember like me waking up one day and just thinking to myself oh yeah writing is the one it just kind of fell into place for me because I've I'm someone who I don't like to box myself in um, and writing is something pretty much everyone does right and I don't now I call myself a writer but I you know a couple of years ago or even a year ago or a few months ago I don't I never I don't yeah, I say I write, but like now I'm like, yeah, I'm a writer. Um, the identity thing, yeah, that's so for the longest time, yeah. calling myself uh, like a photographer, like whenever somebody would 
walk up to and be like, hey, like, what do you do? Or you're meeting someone new. The identity with like doing like saying you are what you do, you know, instead of like, like, you know, I, I work a day job as well. I, you know, I think most people do. They work or they're a student. And uh, so they're identifying with that, but they're not identifying with like their dreams or like their dream role. And I feel like there's a lot of power when you do go and tell people like, yeah, I am a writer. It's what I do. You know, or it's like, all right, yeah, I'm a photographer. Mm-hmm. It's like, and so it's all about confidence and how you approach the world. You know, like you're living on that edge because yeah, like you, you may suck ass at writing or you may be terrible at, you know, taking photos. But like the more you align with that identity, I feel like the more, the more you like believe in yourself, which is the most important thing in the world. Yeah. And like with believing in yourself, I think, you know, I brought up my childhood experience. I think sometimes it's about looking for clues and proof for yourself. It's like, yeah, I have all these experiences writing in school, writing for myself. And that's like proof for myself that I can write. I'm pretty good at it. And that's what like, in a way, like it keeps you going, right? It's like, it resonates with you more. Oh, yeah. Twitter has been a place where um, I feel like Twitter forces you to be a good writer. And I hear a lot of people say this. Um, but, but once again, you know, like your writing is phenomenal. I've, I've definitely found myself like remembering your one of your tweets throughout the day and being like, huh, like the way you delivered that is fucking incredible. Like, you know, I, I need, uh, need more of that oomph in my life. When I was in high school, I was not ever deemed like a good, uh, good writer by any means. I was like average, sure. Maybe like below average even. Um, for the longest time, I struggled back and forth with getting getting something that I was actually passionate about, right? And so it all kind of changed when I was like 16 doing photography and was just like, well, I'm going to that class. Like there is no like feeling of restraint, you know? Uh, when I would go to English class, like I never took the writing. I understand like the power of it now, but um, I think a lot of people in, in high school, kind of when they're in their like late teenage years, they start to realize like what they don't like and what they truly do want to do with the rest mm-hmm. of their time. Um, and I feel like we grow as people, but the biggest thing for me was uh, just having that aha moment of like, Oh, I made that, you know? And like the creativity just like seeped out of me and you know, it feels, it doesn't feel good because of like external circumstances with people. Like nobody's praising me. I just, I like it. You know, it's like, damn, that was like a big moment for me. And I, I've had that recently with writing yeah. too. And I know a lot of writers do. They have like, Oh, like I wrote that. Like, and it's about the process. You know, we, you know, we've discussed this before with creativity. It's about the process completely, but I kind of wanted to move along into uh, more of our questions about, uh, kind of like, like, let's say Twitter, this is, you know, going to be broad Twitter, um, writing and how you, kind of you're like a jack of all trades if you really want to put yourself in that box which i think with the artificial intelligence revolution being a jack of all trades is it's going to benefit a lot of people rather than just being you know boxed in so um what are some tips that you have for people who are looking to become like a content creator or um make money online in some way using those you know traditional mediums that we just talked about i would say first of all you have to publish you just gotta start somewhere you know you're not gonna go from zero to a hundred just like just like that you can't just 
expect that, you know. Everyone starts somewhere. Even the best creators, you know, they go through a time where they're just publishing their work. And maybe they're not getting views, you know, like, and maybe that's what you got to go through. And that's how you build the mental strength to keep going. You know, that's what I think. Like an internal battle. Um, within, like, I'm trying to remember, there was a lot of, there was a lot of things when we first started talking. I was like, I looked at you, like, you know, through, through DMs, I looked at you and I was like, Henry, like, even though I'm not going to buy from you, like, I still, like, I will one day, but it's just like not a place for me to create short form content and whatnot. Like there's a, a confidence thing. And I feel like a lot of it is, you know, the, the mental mm-hmm. restrictions. We've talked about this before with, um, it's always like yourself, you know, and I, I want you to elaborate on that because, um, you've probably had some limiting, I've I heard you use the term limiting beliefs before. Um, what were your limiting mm-hmm. beliefs in becoming like a writer or even just like getting out of your comfort zone? I think for a lot of people and for myself before, it's just simply doing it. It's like, it's like you, in your head, you're like, yeah, I want to do that. But then when you're like actually doing it, you're like, fuck, can I actually do this? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I relate. it's like, it's when you first start something, it's like, of course it feels foreign because it's different because you never tried it. So I would say like, just allow that, that almost like childlike curiosity to take over and just have fun, just have fun with it. Just create. You and I have a lot of similar hobbies. Uh, there's not a lot of people in this world who are like, oh yeah, photography, writing, you know, reading, um, you know, fish, <laughs> like all sorts of stuff, man. Um, so, so it's awesome to see like the full circle moment of, you know, finding friends online mm-hmm. and people who have similar mindsets, even though like, you know, we may be like 2000 miles away. Um, and you're in uh, London, right? That's mm-hmm. where you're, you're at. So, uh, I, yeah, I was originally born yeah, in, uh, yeah. in Liverpool. That was kind of like where I was, you know, where my family's from and whatnot. So, so yeah. the North versus the South, you know, but yeah, you're a big uh, <laughs> Liverpool football club fan, aren't you? Oh yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, my dad support them. That's why I support them. Oh yeah. I, I feel like them all my life. Yeah. Dude, that's dude, seriously meant to be best friends. <laughs> I mean, not doing so, not <laughs> yeah, not doing so well now. But uh, the past few years, it's been good. But yeah, um, I had a so you're uh, you were born in Hong Kong, right? So yes, there like your English is really good for being like. So when did you first learn English? Because Cantonese was your first language, correct? Correct. Cantonese is my first language. And, you know, in Hong Kong, they teach English, but I wouldn't say like, that's how I got good. Honestly, like I, I started playing FIFA. So I started like following the YouTubers, like KSI, the whole like Sidemen. Oh yeah. So I was do I was fucking obsessed with these people and dude, that's how my English got good. You know, like just listening to <laughs> playing FIFA, playing FIFA and watching YouTube. Um, but then, yeah, that was like a year or two before I moved to England when I was 14. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, so I visited England. I never lived there. I, I moved over here when I was a kid to the U S and, uh, 
the U.S. is an interesting place. I mean, a lot of it's, you know, it's almost like the epicenter of uh, criticism for the world. You know, everybody wants to crap on it, but um, it was it was a big change for like I don't think I would be this person that I am today if I didn't move here. So like living in the, living in the U.K. like it was just always like it was an option for me as a kid. Um, like I had a t- I have tons of family there, and so I went back and visited, and it was crazy because I was like, whoa, well, like these are my, these are supposed to be my people. Like, you know, it's like you going back home to, uh, Hong Kong, you know, like these are, these, this is your culture. This is, these are your people. And I felt, uh, kind of alienated because to my American friends, I was always like the British kid, you know, like, um, mm. that, that was me, you know, like that was never like American. Right. I, I'm only a U.S. resident, yeah. not a U.S. citizen. So, uh, with my residency over here, um, when I got that, I felt it was like crazy. I was like, Oh, well I've been an American my whole life. You know, I've grew up over here. Like, look at how I sound, you know, I don't sound. <laughs> so that, that was big. But, um, but uh, what led you to come over here to, or come over there to England to down in London? Well, the thing with, um, Hong Kong kids, like it's like a lot of Hong Kong people study abroad. And at the time, you know, like I was in secondary school, I wasn't happy um, for like, you know, different reasons, I guess. Like academically, I wasn't doing so good. Um, socially, I wasn't doing so good. I had like one really good friend who is actually in Denver now. Um, so, you know, like my parents were like, hey, why don't you study abroad? And I'm so like lucky to have this opportunity, you know, like um so yeah i think like in the end like honestly i think my dad was like australia or uk and then i was like yo i love football i got i'm gonna choose the uk the you UK know like i was time, 13 man. or 14 man. oh yeah you're like it's a no-brainer <laughs> no, but i don't regret this uh, no i think about it now like thank fuck i choose i chose the uk like, i think australia is just it's just different culture like, to me is like too isolated too yeah. isolated as a country so you've had you've had a lot of uh enriched experiences and what are you you're like 22 21 um 21 right now you're 21 so you've had a lot of experiences for someone you know your age at least like by american standards um you've been you lived over in illinois is that right you lived i lived in you know indiana so i graduated high school yeah indiana yeah sorry was uh i graduated high school 2020 you know, COVID hit, everything was like messed up, right? So then like that was a point in time where I had to rethink, you know, like because I don't have to stay in the UK. I can go to Australia. I can go and stay in Hong Kong. And then at the time, I still had the mindset of, you know, go to college, uh, really get a good degree, right? Get a good job. And then at the time, I was really um, intrigued by UX design. Uh, UX, user experience yeah. design so i was like hmm tech where should i go i should go to america you know so that was like my thought process for going to america in the first place and you know i found uh you know i was at a pretty like good engineering stem school um and then after just one semester i was like well, I made a dis- I made a mistake coming here because I am not like I'm not really a city person, but like I cannot live in a campus 
with like I'm, nothing I'm with you dude I'm with you that's like my nightmare <laughs> so um so then after so then after like one semester I moved to Boston for oh, community okay. college awesome yeah Boston's a great city I've uh, heard a lot of positive things um I've never been there myself but you know they have a culture over there <laughs> so um <laughs> Yeah, now you're back in cool back place. in London. You're heading back to Hong Kong. Um, are you mm-hmm. is Hong Kong going to be like more permanent, or are you going to be kind of still traveling all over the place? Yeah, I mean, I'm still. I would say I haven't found my, I guess, home to settle in. I guess like I get Hong Kong is always an option, and I mean like, for work and stuff, it's okay. But if I have to think about in 10 years time maybe i'll start thinking about having a family and stuff right and it's like for that kind of stuff maybe not hong kong um but uh, as things stands like right now i'm leaning more towards asia yeah um china or other other parts of asia yeah other parts of asia um i've been thinking about bali bali (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dude, that is yeah. Everybody loves Bali, man. Um, what what do they say? If you're a content creator, it's Bali. If you're uh, like a rich businessman who owns a SaaS company, it's Dubai. So, those are the places the that a lot of people have been, you know, or are are there. Um, but that's interesting, you know. I I, I always think about it a lot. I um, my grandfather, he was born in uh, Myanmar, uh, previously Burma. And so uh, there's a lot of like history there with him and he's always wanted me to go visit, you know, go visit, you know, there, China, you know, Japan, all, all sorts of places. Um, so I just find it's, it's really interesting when, you know, I'm able to kind of see like other perspectives of the world, you know, over here in the U S everybody's really close minded. Everybody's really like, uh, it's an individualistic society more than, you know, using like caring about thy neighbor. So everybody's here. People say, come to the U.S. if you want to make money, if you want to live like a quality life, like maybe don't live there. <laughs> um, but there's a there's a lot, dude. So I, I get you there. You know, I, I haven't found my forever home uh, where I'd want to move, like raise a family. But I also haven't experienced much in life to where I would be like I would be capable of moving somewhere else. You know, where would you want to go? Uh, that's a good question. Um so like definitely not a city i'm more like i you know i was raised in a small town i'm definitely a small town kid i don't think much outside of like oh like bigger than what i live in but smaller than like you know the the, the state capital so being in utah uh utah is super close-minded like they it's it's a very business oriented state where we have something similar to like silicon valley it's called the silicon slopes and tech jobs are all over the place um, I would definitely want to live more on like countryside because I just, it's better for photography, landscape, like that kind of thing. You know, I, I feel like I can actually breathe. Alaska. Alaska. Yeah. Dude, Alaska is incredible. Oh, you know, um, but no, that's, it's definitely a question you have to think about. It's one of the most important decisions you can make. You know, it's like um, where you live, who you marry or who you, you know, who's your spouse and what you do for a living. Those are like three of the biggest questions you can ask yourself. Yeah. Um, but I think, I, I think Naval talks about that, right? Yeah, he, he does actually, he does pretty frequently. Um, yeah, Naval definitely changed a lot of my, my thinking structures in, in a positive way. I mean, 
the biggest thing was um don't play status games with people who just play status games you know yeah. like don't play status games you know play uh play wealth building games and stuff like that and you really start to see that in people and how like they're hardwired um so it's just it's always one of those things like you can with people's writing right because your thoughts are you know your thoughts are everything with writing it's just putting them on paper and so with a lot of people online i, f- I find that uh social media has amplified a lot of voices that are negative <laughs> everyone's aware of that you know and so i find that mm-hmm. um like yeah. comment sections are usually like some of the most toxic places online like instagram facebook other places there um other social media platforms like youtube um but like with twitter dude like i was drawn to twitter um because i like especially money twitter and like you know there's a side of productivity and creativity where like there is no room for negativity with those two things and so you can truly start to see the balance in people's minds of like they have this harm harmony right productivity and creativity are something that everybody Mm -hmm. should pursue and it can lead to more of a fulfilling life but there are people who don't ever like think about that and they just want to tear down people who are you know pursuing a better life or trying to you know cultivate the world to be a better place you know one step at a time one brick at a time but there is uh there's some questions you know i'd love to ask you like yeah i'm just going rambling on but um I know with your writing and I've praised it before. I'll praise it again. It is like, it's just, you deserve more, you know, you deserve more of a, uh, like, like a book, like put a book out. I'll be the first guy on the wait list. You know, I'll, I'll buy the book. I'll buy a couple books, give them to my little brother and stuff. Um, but like, what is your method to overcome creative blocks and just maintain more of a consistent flow of ideas? Because it seems like your ideas are just like firing off and, um, the consistency on social media, especially Twitter, it's like you got to force yourself to do it. But sometimes like that forcing of it's you just create garbage. But how do you do it, Henry? Like, let me know. OK, I'll start by saying I think for the, for as long as I can remember, like, you know, if I look back at when I was like grade three, you know, I was that kid who people thought I was weird i like <laughs> i had like <laughs> i was like that like i was basically that like adhd kid you know i was like always in my head you know i was like a quiet kid who is like whose mind is just constantly going 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 like i was that kid but uh i always wanted to be creative i always wanted to to um i always thought there was a there's a way to live life than the conventional way. And I think with creativity, you gotta have an anchor for yourself. That's, uh, yeah, to start with. And whatever that means for you, for some people, it's going out fishing. For some people, it's like going out taking photos. For some people, it's journaling. For me, I like to meditate um sports yeah you gotta have something that's like besides your like whatever you create or do you know because that's how you that's how you shut your brain off you gotta sometimes like for more you gotta shut it down first you gotta like do something else it's like counterintuitive constantly laser focus yeah Mm -hmm. It's very counterintuitive yeah. to like what's being pushed by hustle culture and stuff or go, 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 go. And I love that. 
but um mm-hmm. so so you meditate sports uh football it's a big passion of yours um do you ever consider that maybe like the the act of creation is almost like is that in a way though too like do you think about that like where like some t- some days I get home and there's like nothing I want to do or if there's like emotional grievances and pain um I find that like the quality of what I do it it's almost like it's more authentic if there's like something I'm dealing with because then it's being used as an outlet rather than like an input for a different like a different intention if that makes sense when I'm I'm like all over the place right now but you get what I'm trying to say I get you yeah yeah and it's interesting you know like I've heard a lot of like stories or I've seen like YouTube videos about like how like creative people or like artists they oftentimes like struggle mentally yes and it's like yeah it's like maybe in this world we live in that's just how it is maybe i don't know but like i mean that's interesting to me a lot of it i find using a lot of it i find is where as a artist or creative you're constantly seeking the truth in your own life i mean i know i do it and i've talked to a lot of other artists who they they love truth they they are seeking like self-awareness um like the true reality and like when you're creating art, you can't really lie to yourself about what you're feeling. You know, you go like write something out. And it's like, yeah, that's all, that's raw. That's the, that's, that's it. You know, there's nothing much beyond that, but you know, like, like where do you, where do you find yourself in uh, like five years with, with your uh, creative process? Like, do you think that's something that's a part of your life and it'll just never go away? Like regardless of responsibilities or circumstances. Yeah, definitely, man. Like, even when I was, like, like in high school, I went through, like, a tough time, and I used journaling as my way of, like, you know, keeping myself productive, keeping myself, like, managing myself, basically. No, that was writing, you know? That was, like, kind of creative, you know? <laughs> um, that was, like, me writing to myself and expressing like, to myself, expressing however I was feeling. Like you can argue that was a form of creativity. And even with like going out taking photos, just like with no like like I guess purpose, like you just exactly. go out, take photos, like you know what I mean? That's like a form of self care, but it's like it is. It's it's also you get put a into like a flow yourself. state. You know what like I, I feel flow sometimes when I'm writing. It's like, whoa. Okay, that's great. You know, you um and there are a lot of case studies of like how to get into flow or how to achieve it. Um, but with taking fo- like the whole photography thing, like I understand that on like a fundamental level, like I'm going to go out and just shoot photos to shoot what kind of story I'm going to tell. But it's almost like you get like a plus 15, sh- like creativity bonus when you have like some emotional connection as well. So like there's, it's, there's different intentions for it, you know? Like there's the self-care side of it and then there's the habitual routine of like creation. Um, there's a book I need to read and it's uh, it's that book by Rick Rubin. I'm trying to think. Uh, it, it doesn't even matter. I don't even know the title, but you know, I bought it and it's sitting on my desk. It's like, I need to go through that and just read it because I, I hear a lot of people saying like, hey, like Rick Rubin, uh, he had a podcast with Andrew Huberman. 
um, where they talked about creativity. And I listened to like half of that. And then I was just like, okay, like I just got to stop, you know, like at some point other people's signals and ideas kind of interfere with the creation of your own. And so like, there's like a happy balance of like consumption. But um, Mm. I know that you, uh, you've had, you've been on a journey like most of us, you know, (laughs) a creative journey at, Mm -hmm. at that, you know, transitioning from photographer to writer and then still kind of doing all of it, like everything while being like a full-time student. Right. And so, uh, in your day-to-day life, like, are people aware, like family members, uh, friends, like, are people aware of like what you do on Twitter and like where your writing's at? Like, do you get any people coming up to you and like, Hey, like, I love what you wrote, you know, like in, in, in real life, you know, like in that day-to-day. I think, well, my mom knows I write and she tells me that, you know, sometimes like, because like, you know, I study abroad and it's like, I don't always talk to her. So as she like, you know, she, she sees my tweets and she says, she's happy about that, you know, like, and that's great. I'm pretty like open about what I do. Like, I don't like walk around telling people like, hey, I'm on Twitter, but like, you know, some people know I do it. Yeah. Um, I would say it's something like, very uh niche still right like the the oh yeah absolutely the like normal person is not like creating on twitter like, i don't know a lot of people who do this they they just shit post or they just like cause drama you know <laughs> yeah. like that they're not like using it as a productive productivity app or something like that you know um mm-hmm. and that i think a lot of that goes back to like the identity thing where you know you're like when you are aligned with a true goal like your mission and your values are like derived from it and so everything just gets filtered through there you know um with photography like the moment i started identifying as a photographer i felt like a lot of things just changed and maybe not in like the positive way but you almost have to like identify with it but like um naval states that you should you shouldn't like really identify with anything you know like that's gonna yeah. disrupt your peace of mind which uh, happiness, wealth, and um, health, those are all like, the, those are the biggest markets. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it's like interesting. I've been, uh, well, I realized this as like a uni student, like, like I have the option to study photography too. I had the option, but why didn't I go for it? You know, it's a like, it's this like, if something is telling me don't do it because it's like it's something you love yeah <laughs> no, it's um, weird uh like i understand that truly i like to my core henry i understand that but like i, I had to learn that lesson you know and so transitioning more into like ai art like i feel like that's i've mm. been loving it dude it's like combining two of my passions which is technology and art and it's like whoa people aren't seeing like the upside of it you know it's just people like to focus with a negativity bias on all the horrible shit in the world. You know, it's, if it bleeds, it leads, you know? And so I think a lot of people want that drama or the negativity, but when you love something, like there's two schools of thought and I struggle with even realizing which one is I believe in. It's like, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Or if you love something, don't fucking, you know, make it a business. Don't you know, turn it into a job because you, it'll suck the passion out of it. And so I teeter, I, I flip flop back and forth, but uh, where, where do you stand on that? 
which part <laughs> like do, do you um do you think you should like you you definitely pursue more of like you're not going to do something you love because it's going to suck the life out of it or, or you're not going to have like the same passion for it because now it's it's work and not play i think if you create with a scarcity mindset that's not a life you want to live Ooh. you know deep holy shit <laughs> i like that a lot man <laughs> creating with a scarcity mindset dude that's a tweet right there <laughs> yeah i want to create with like you know that like abundance mindset you know i don't want to you know like i wouldn't want to put out anything if i'm in that scarcity mindset that's the way i look I think you it. just taught me something and how do i get around that <laughs> Well, I'm glad. <laughs> no, like seriously, because I'm like, hold on, wait. There, There's different, like not everybody sees eye to eye on things, especially when it comes to like work and passion. Like um, I like helping people, especially with um, figuring out what they want to do with the rest of their life, because that was something that was disastrous for me. You know, I was 19, didn't, mm. didn't know what the hell I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Like I had hobbies, interests, but like I had limiting beliefs of like, can I actually, you know, do this? What skills do I have? Or I have no skills or I, I just felt uh, left behind in the grand scheme of things, just because the circumstances, I was in a bad place, but um, starting to take like accountability for my beliefs because, you know, your beliefs drive your behavior. There was so much of like the things I could have been doing, but I just didn't because I had like a victim mindset or I just figured I couldn't grow. And then like, getting past that, that was just massive. Um, and I feel like a lot of creators go through like seasons, um, as Dan Coe calls it, like seasons of intensity where like for three months, you're just go, 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 go. Like ideas are popping in. Um, you're kind of on ball with a lot of like what you should be doing. You know, you're, you're achieving your goals. Like you're doing, you're a superhuman. And then there's other seasons where it's just not there, you know, like you're slacking on like working out or you're slacking on, you know, eating well, it's just like, you're, you're thinking about like the next step. Um, I, like I said, there's a lot of complexity in the creation process, you know, and it's like, I think ADHD plays a huge role too. Like you had stated, you have like somewhat of an ADHD <laughs> brain. Absolutely, dude. We kind of just chase the dopamine and when it's not there, it's like, ah, maybe we do something else. <laughs> yeah. It's like sticking to one thing was, it's hard. It's still, it's like. I've given up. I'm not sticking to one thing, you know. Like, <laughs> I feel that, man. I um, like it's like I still have the love for it, right? Like with photography, like it's like, dude, I can go out and shoot photos, and that's like serene. That's peace for me. And I think like most men, like I don't know about I'm not a woman, but I I know like a lot of dudes and how they think. Most men are very like like happiness doesn't really matter, but there's happiness that stems from like peace, right? Like peace of mind. And then when you're actively building something, you know, like where you're pursuing, like create, creating art, you know, like that's actively building something or like a business or, you know, friendships, relationships, fostering like children, like, you know, whatever it is, there's so much to be said about the whole process of creation, but we live in a society that is more destructive than it is uh, like, you know, creative or like we build, we build less than we destroy. You know, and so that's why I think creators are valued. Yeah. I mean, I think we're at a time where change is just 
happening so fast. And as a creator, I think I think there's there hasn't been a better time to be a creator of creative. Like, what do you think? I think one hundred percent. There are like with so with AI, there's a lot of people terrified that like AI is already changing everything. We know that, but there's a lot of people that are like mm-hmm. AI is going to take my job. Well, like if you believe AI is going to take your job, it probably is because you probably don't believe that your your job is like worthwhile. You know, and um, different econ like right now, like the global economy is kind of like in a really weird place. Uh, the U.S. economy is not in a great place either. But it's crazy because it's like on a downtrend, especially like with uh, the U.S. dollar global, um, just like being the global reserve currency. Like there's a lot of competition right now. Like the, our inflation is reaching other global economy or other economies. You know, like so I, I think it's crazy because like we're experiencing downside of like the our economic state, but upside with our um, innovation. Like that that's a good way of putting it. You know, and it's like. Eventually, like uh, the developments this past week with Auto GPT. I don't know if you've looked into that at all. Have you seen stuff? So, um, read something about it. It, it scares me, man. It's uh, you're like deploying agents, <laughs> like these the AI is interacting with other AI and then just doing tasks by themselves market research, writing newsletters, creating video games. Like, I watched the other day, um, an AI developer use an AI assistant. And it created a fully fledged video game. And you're just watching the script, just getting completely, you know, played out. And like, where do we stand as humans? You know, it's like, where do we stand? Like creatives? Okay. So I'm going to use AI to my benefit when people who like don't have like the the creativity that resides inside of them, they're more like, they're more inclined to destroy. And I think that's why a lot of like with AI alignment and AI safety, it's such a huge, like huge concern because like humans, if we're the ones using this technology, curating it, uh, innovating on top of it, we're just going to like fuck things up. You know, like I get it. You know, I like to hope for the best. Like I'm an optimist. I think, I think like, just as you like were saying all that, something came to my mind. It's like, I think in this day and age is like it's hard to stay present, you know. I think it's such a because you you constantly thinking about like oh in the future or like uh, AI is gonna take my job is always like very there's this fear is like oh what am I doing now is not gonna work out. There's so much the fear spreads fear going on. It spreads, dude. You know, yeah. And like, if right this moment, if I can just like be in flow and be creating, isn't that like all that matters? Yeah, truly, it, it does. You know, there's a you're a wise man, Henry. <laughs> you're wise. <laughs> no, like, it, I you know, I don't know. Like, I just think, I just think like. I don't know what's going to happen in like fucking, I don't know what GPT, ChatGPT is going to do in like five years, stuff like that. Like I just want to focus on like my day to day, like right now creating, doing what I love. And it's like, I know, I, I know it's so hard, like, because like media, stuff like that, 
like it's, it makes it so hard media is our form of leverage as creators you know it's like i'm not a coder it's like but i i do put media out there i you know you put media as well so it's it's always like a concern but i don't know you're like you're like yeah you know worry less you know just create more <laughs> it's another tweet <laughs> you know um but so there is like where you're at in your life right now you're you're still like figuring it out i'm assuming right like i mean like obviously most people are but like with uh your offers changing or like uh, what business you want to pursue what is like your main goal that you're trying to like accomplish um main goal i think on a like very general it's just like i want to build a life where i have the location and time freedom but like that's like very like seems very kind of selfish right but like i think it's like whatever like grand vision i have i have like realistically i have to take care of myself first um so i want to build my audience i want to get my offer to um in front of people and generally come from like a place of service just help people with whatever i know and it's a fast changing world we live in and you know offers can change i just want to but i just know like it's going to be internet um online business as i'll still write and create you know well, in uh, like five years' time, I guarantee we'll still both be doing the same thing. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, helping helping each other out. You know, it, that's my thing, man. I love making connections and relationships with people who are like minded. Um, and there's a lot of nuance in that. You know, if you, like, don't take that take that with a grain of salt. Like, like minded means just just about anything you want to put it under. Um, but yeah, like uh, reading, writing, photography, like. Th- it's definitely like you know they're good it's good things <laughs> uh we've been talking for a while <laughs> you know um there is yeah. one question what is the one book or piece of literature that you've read that changed a lot of your worldwide view well the first thing that came to mind is the one you're reading right the no oh, yeah. uh oh yeah I read that first semester when I was in Indiana and I was like, just mind blown, like so much knowledge, so much wisdom in that book. Um, I think the fact that Naval like kind of had like a humble beginning, right? You know, that's like, and that's really cool to see how, you know, his world view really like change me a lot yeah that's uh i'm like probably halfway through it the value is crazy it's immense for me it would probably be uh the power of now you know and i get stuck in that i have to read it every once in a while but um just dissolving the concept of ego around people right and so i think of all kind of like he, he's definitely read that book because he the guy doesn't have an ego you know he'll answer anyone's question he'll uh 
he'll invest in like anything, you know, like he invests in tons of stuff. So seeing like I had a very similar upbringing like to him, you know, like was wasn't a wealthy family I was raised in. Like I think most people can relate to that side of things. But um the the, the present, you know, you seem big on the present <laughs> as we just barely discussed. Yeah. Um <laughs> but yeah, there's a do you have like a like a favorite author outside of, you know, I wouldn't really say Naval is an author, but like, is there any, like any book that comes to mind where you're like, yeah, I really like a lot of this guy's ideas. I want to like take some sort of intelligent imitation and, uh, you know, build upon it. Mm. I'm trying to think. Um, um, I should just go to my, like, uh, my book. Thing That's, yeah, do that. Right <laughs> um, so there's oh, Crystal, but he's not really an author. Oh, um, the future? Yeah, the future. Oh. Uh, yeah. When I was like, yeah, he just like he's the first person who is like design business, creative business, entrepreneur with like, like the, the first UI design and stuff. I UI found, UX. Yeah. Is that around the time you got into Christo? Um, no, before like oh, before that like even design in general. Yeah. Oh damn. Before that. But yeah, offer. Yeah, I've, I've, I've learned I've offer, learned a lot so. from his channel. He's a he's got a really novel perspective on a lot of things, and you know. I, I love it um but that's awesome i i definitely offer... you go yeah uh, i think scott galloway is okay quite a good writer i think what's his book i forgot the name but like it's i think he's like a he's like a business professor at a uni but like he was also a cartoon artist. I just I just see him as someone who has kind of done it all. Like it's he works so hard, like he hustles, like and he's he's done it in the business world and the the artist like world as well, which I find really interesting. There is a lot of links between those two worlds. I mean I find that like I, you know, I I think you and I are both in the same of sitting, but like directly in the middle. Like, ah, which one do I want to go into, or like, how do I feel today? You know, like some days I want to be more productive than creative. Some days, like I have to sit around and just like not let anything occur until I get like a little spark of like, okay, let's go, or I'll go for a walk or go for a drive or something, and all of a sudden I'll have an, like a brilliant idea. But oh, it's awesome. Yeah. You have you definitely have. Uh, yeah, the book I read uh, from him is uh, "How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big." Oh yeah, that's a concept I love. Um, speaking speaking of mental models, uh, what is a mental model that you really love or have recently kind of just like absorbed into your everyday life? So yeah, another idea from a book that's uh, this is Stephen Bartlett's book. Okay. Um, and he talked about, I think he met uh, Obama. And um, it's like, I think this is good for people who 
are slow, basically, <laughs> which is also me. I, I can be quite a slow decision maker. Um, and it's like always think 50 50. Is it right now, like you go to decision, do you think it's 50? If, it, if it's just 51%, right? Go, go with it. Um, yeah, it's like all the information you have now, just that's all you got. So even if it's just 51%, right? You gotta make that decision. Because think about like other people with a lot of things like Obama, like he had, had like so much things to deal with. How can he like spend, he can't spend more than like 10 minutes on, on like what to eat, you know, like <laughs> you gotta, yeah. So that's been a mental model. I've been 50, 50. That's been in my head lately. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I've been, um, another one, um, that I've been thinking about is the idea of a infinite game. Uh, this is more like business, but it's all also like just life in general. Like um, the player, this like goes into like kind of like game theory and stuff. Yeah. Um, it, the player who plays the infinite game plays to keep playing. The player who plays the finite, the finite game, finite game, finite game, like plays to win. And when they don't get the, what they want, they get frustrated. Whereas the player who's playing the infinite game doesn't get frustrated because he's just playing to keep playing. I like that a lot. I've heard that before, but you know, there's so many mental models out there that eventually just get lost in the majority of your brain. With um, with mental models, recently the one I've learned was I try doing more mental models for decision making rather than any other topic. Uh, my decision-making skills have suffered in the past, <laughs> but you learn from, you know, mm. failing, you, you know, you learn from the negativity, but right now, um, for the longest time, I was like a people pleaser, right? I would always be offering up my help to people, you know, doing free photo shoots, doing stuff like I probably shouldn't be doing. It's like not really a value to me, but I would like struggle to like really say no to people, you know, like it's like, ah, well, like, sure. Like I spread myself too thin a lot of times and I still do. Um, but one thing I'm learning is essentially like the season of no, or if it's not a hell yeah, it's a no. So there's a lot of things where I think that plays a little bit into the 50, 50, you know, it's like where I would feel maybe like 51% no and 50% or 49% yes. And and I just be like, yeah, like sure. I'll do it still. Even though I know deep down, I don't want to do it. And so being more confident comes with better decisions I, I genuinely believe i think you make better decisions and it's not being selfish but it's like it's valuing your time which is you know your greatest resource so mental yeah. models aside is there um when you're like waking up in the morning like do, do you have like a almost a filtration system for how you're gonna like go about your day like are you a routine guy or are you just kind of like i'm gonna get up and work no, I'm definitely not the type of guy who's like, get up at work. I need some time in the morning. Like, I I think routine helps me a lot. I think, um, and I'm not like very consistent with this, to be honest. Like, not rigid. Okay. But I think getting up and 
it's hard, but like not looking at your phone first thing helps a lot. Um, what I've been trying is first thing I get up, I just have 10, 15 minutes, 15 minutes to myself, just meditate. And then I would do some type of movement, whether that's like going for a walk, just doing some push-ups. I think that's like assess the tone for the rest of your day quite well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? Um, dude, I'm all over the place. Like I have a routine, like I, but I, I get to work, dude, as weird as that is. Like, you know, I, I have a girlfriend, you know, my girlfriend, Daisy, she, she helps out a lot. I'm not a morning person. Like I've always been a night owl. So adapting to living with a girl who is a morning person is, it's been a huge change. I'm still adapting, but, uh, eventually it's like, I'll wake up pretty early. I work pretty early in my, in my day job. So I go and, uh, I figured it out, you know, like, but I do have certain like filters for, you know, I have a mental model through the day. It's like, I want to get this done, right? I'm going to block out some time to get to work. But, uh, the concept of deep work changed how I approached a lot of the morning time routine. I used to with, so like I've struggled with ADHD for a long time. My older brother, my little brother, like we all have, uh, we, we've all got it, you know? So I like I, I deal with it really well. You know, I'm, I don't take any like prescription medications. I try to exercise as much as I can, and I also like go on some amino acid supplements that help with focus. Um, learned a lot of that from Andrew Huberman. Love Huberman, by the way. That's like one of my you know biggest like mm. he's like my yeah. north star. It's like ah okay yeah like that that actually improved my life you know, but um, get it, the focus work. Dude, I if I had something like for instance, like I'm gonna record a podcast for the day. If before I like kind of changed my mindset, a lot of it used to be because there's something I have to do at like 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. The rest of my day just goes out the window, right? And I'm just constantly in a anxious like waiting room, like until I can go do that uh, activity. But so changing how I like approach focus work, there's this uh, there's this model of uh, a daily highlight. I'm trying to remember somebody popularized it in modern mastery. Have you heard of the daily highlight where it's like, no matter what you get that one task done and you can pretty much put like a gold star mm-hmm. on, uh, on your calendar. Like well, you were productive. Know, like, yeah. I know this concept as like a non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. I call it a daily highlight yeah. just cause that's like how I was, you know, approached with it. But the daily highlight sounds so much more like it sounds better. You know, it's like happier. <laughs> it's it's more, non-negotiable, more reaffirming, like, dude. Like non-negotiable is like discipline, like you, me, discipline. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we're gonna spar. But daily highlights, like, dude, you did something good. You know, like clap, clap for yourself. You know, and I, I believe yeah. in um, Sahil Bloom. He's uh, he's like the most positive guy on social media. I swear. Like the way he talks and his short form content, he's just like, go, go, go. Like, do you know who Sahil Bloom is? Uh, no, who's he? Um, he's like a, he's a writer, right? He's a writer, but he's recently got really big into like, you know, the short form content podcast stuff. But I think a lot, um, he's like close with Dakota Robertson and Dan Coe on, uh, on, like through modern mastery or some shit like that. But, um, he has really positive, like just messages across the board. And I feel like 
a lot of the business stuff and like me even in like the art world like a lot of advice people give you is just like straight to the point very like you're like it's your fault but i find that you kind of have to sprinkle in some positivity like some you have to reaffirm like hey like you actually celebrate your wins you know like especially the small ones Hmm. but no i agree completely yeah so it's all over the place you know um we have got like five minutes left i mean we've been chatting for quite some time <laughs> um but yeah what what's your it's been good is your deadline at like 30 minutes i'm stating that was like your your time block 20 20 okay yeah, 20, so minutes. we'll just uh we'll go over it what is your one childhood meal that you just profound like you think about it you go over it and it's just it's genuinely something that your mother made back in the day. And you're just like, you know what? Like I'd eat that right now. You know, that sounds good. Any time of the day. You know, funny thing is like the thing that I remember as like my favorite, like meal as a kid, it doesn't really excite me anymore. It's like, it's steamed fish. And, you know, grew up in Asian household and very common meal. I don't know the type of the fish. Uh, what's this called in English? It's Hong Zam Yu in Cantonese. But yeah, it's just steamed fish, you know, like pretty, like, um, yeah, dip it in some soy sauce and oh, rice. Yeah. What, what about, like, your, what's your go to food now as you're an adult? As an adult, like, I mean, I like to just keep things simple, to be honest. Like, like, I eat my first meal at 12, and then in between, I'll eat, like, another, like, little snack, and then I'll eat at 6. And that's, I just like this, like, I don't have to think about it. Um, I just eat, like, basic, like, simple things, like eggs, scrambled eggs, salmon, beef. Um, I use an air fryer, so it's, like very easy makes it very easy air fryer dude save your life <laughs> save you time i love the air fryer man it's great if you're a student you have to have an air fryer man yeah it sounds like it man <laughs> uh small you know you can kind of fit it anywhere but no that's awesome some fish but henry once again dude it's been an honor to sit here and chat with you um, really glad we can get you on the podcast, schedule some time. I appreciate it. You know, it, it means a lot. It's helping me out, you know, you know, and, and it was a great conversation. Uh, the first time around, it was, it was a little bit more organic, <laughs> but no, dude, I'm, I'm super no, listen, happy. I, I really appreciate you, um, getting me on here. Dude, of course, ever, man. Like podcasts. I really appreciate it. It was a first for everything, you know? And so hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll get people on your offer. You're, we'll put you on Twitter, you know? link everything just but yeah um i'm gonna throw up the thumbnail eventually probably at the end of this video like right here you know go follow henry he's fucking incredible dude he's got some great insights and you know he's wise beyond his time and uh if you want him to write for you you know there's always that <laughs> so this has been the way we capture podcast a photography podcast about self-improvement and the new upcoming trends in visual art and visual technology so everyone it's been an honor thanks for listening if you uh drop a follow uh subscribe to the newsletter there's all sorts of shit that we can get you on um but yeah take it easy guys peace out